And there it is. <laughs> good, good afternoon, brother. How's it going? How's it going, Jason? Nice to meet you. Good. Nice to meet you, too. Sorry about the confusion around the time, 7 p.m., 4 p.m., that kind of stuff. Um, sorry about that, but I'm glad you were all, able to make it. All good. I can't stand this camera, this green screen. I'm sorry. I apologize, folks. This isn't my house. It's a green screen for all those that are wondering. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. But I appreciate you coming. So look, oh, man. Thanks for having me. Holy, putting your name out there draws attention. Yeah, it just like what I have to do right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are doing this for fundraising purposes. We're holding an event in Caroline, Alberta on September 15th, 16th, and 17th. We're doing the uh, Broken Arrow Bulls and Bash Rodeo event here in Alberta. And you can get tickets at www.brokenarrowbullsandbash.com. And there's also opportunities for those who can't attend but still want to help out. You can pay it forward tickets uh, available on there as well. Just put in the email, pay it forward. And as well, if you want to donate towards my lawyer, you can donate to natasha.calvino at gmail.com. And uh, any anything will help, guys. I don't have any uh, any help. My bank accounts are still frozen a year and a half later. Uh, I think it's over a year and a half now. But yeah, they're still, they're still frozen. So I don't have any means of any banking uh, abilities at all. And uh, that's been a nightmare. For me, I have to cash my checks at Money Mart. My disability checks get cashed at Money Mart at 12% on the dollar. So, yeah. I'm sorry. This is my life, my life right now. So, brother. Okay. So, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to get all those links. We'll put it on our Twitter. We'll put it into the description, all that kind of stuff. We'll make sure that people get those links right down to the email for your lawyer as well. Uh, so they can help directly there. For sure. I'll just put so, the, uh, I'm just going to put, uh, the link to the ticket sales up in your private chat right now I meant to do that Perfect. but i got a phone call and then i think i sent you the posters you have the posters and all that too yeah we're gonna grab what we have and then we'll put them all up there for you pat cool right on and cool. then uh, and I can oh see yeah let me let me just do this one natasha i'll put natasha's email and then you can just run a ticker if you want yep did you hear that patch go ahead and take that broken arrow bull and bash take the email address he's about to give and throw it in the ticker at the bottom and make a ticker for us, please. That's the magic of life. I, I got a, my wife who assists with that stuff. There ah, you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so they're up there. And then, yeah, once again, you have the other stuff. So there we go. Oh, so we're fundraising for the lawyer legal fees. This is a push for the entire summer. And you got some big events coming up. So the September one, and you even have one coming up in Leduc in a couple of days on the 26th right. of August. Yeah, so we have a, a show and shine event with dunk booths, vendors, speeches, uh, music, entertainment, as well as on the spot, uh, Jonas Milan is coming down from Princeton, British Columbia, and he'll oh, be wow. doing uh, chainsaw carvings. Uh, that'll be auctioned off. We have some auction items up on The Real Pat King uh, on my Facebook page. There's auction items you can uh, you can bid on, and uh, just anything, anything to help, guys. Um, we're in a world of hurt right now with uh, finances and uh, the, the crown knew this uh, they mm -hmm. postponed and postponed and postponed. And then they finally had to give me some opportunity to, to raise funds. And this is all I have. This is it. There's nothing else. I've got this platform to, uh, on social media to do for fundraising purposes. And uh, they, as soon as they got me back online, they shadow banned me extremely hard Everywhere. again. I used to have, you know, upwards of ten to sixty thousand people in a live feed when uh, not too long ago, and then my first one back, I had a half a million, over half a million views, and now I can barely get three hundred people in a room. 
So oh, wow. if, if the government censorship isn't the thing, go look at my page. Feel free to have a gander at that and you'll see. There's only 300 people getting into the rooms. Nobody else is getting anything out anymore. Um, and they, they really shot me down pretty good. Well, we'll help you on that, Pat, as much as we can. We'll get the word out, your events as well, and get people to do direct donations. For sure. For sure. Now, how is your legal coming? Can you talk about that part? Uh, so I have court on Monday and Tuesday coming up. Um, the, that's to the public. The public can, to, can know about that. <clears throat> you can look on uh, our page Monday morning, I believe. We'll be putting up the Zoom link so people can attend and watch uh, the court via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I guess I, I, I can't talk about my trial, sure. but the court cases are definitely public. So you're able okay. to go into the zoom read zoom rooms and, and ascertain your own judgment. You'll be able to see what's going on in there. And then you'll have an idea of what's happening. Um, is this a federal court or provincial court in Ontario? Uh, this is in Ottawa. This will be a courtroom in Ottawa. Um, I believe it's a change of venue motion and a, and an, and another one so we're trying to get uh a change of venue out of the city of ottawa and then right. there's a couple other things that are going on my lawyer knows all the stuff i don't i just i i have good faith in my lawyer my lawyer is awesome and she is on the right side of this and i put all my trust in her to uh, that she's got my best interests uh, at heart unlike our government entity they do not mm-hmm. <laughs> so here we are and this is what we're doing so we're trying to uh just bring the awareness up of the severity of what's going on and know that I know it sounds a little pompous, but I'm not the only one on trial. Um, no. The rest of Canada is on trial here. Um, the effects of these will determine the future of our Canadian citizens. So when it comes time, when things get really bad and we, you know, people decide that they've had enough, they're just going to scoop you right up off the street if these charges go through. So, it's sad. Yeah. It's sick. You know, we, we, we exercised their democratic right. We did everything peacefully. We did everything legit. We coordinated. We, we, we held it very peaceful. There was no violence. Even the Ottawa police on the uh, Ottawa OPP, RCMP, they were astounded by the lack of violence mm-hmm. that had mm-hmm. occurred. And that was in the Public Order Emergencies Commission. And if, Correct. if anybody paid attention to that, you'll remember that it didn't meet the police threshold for the invocation of the emergencies act and they still deemed it justifiable anyway. So yeah, we watched the entire POEC. We streamed the whole thing. We had commentary on the whole thing and you're not wrong. They actually had stats that showed that the violent crimes and serious crimes were down. Um, That's right. So the serious crimes downtown, 90%, it was down the board. 90%. It was the most peaceful place to be. And I remember going in to talk to uh, the gentleman that was working at the circle K that day or one of the mm-hmm. days, and he said, this is the most, the less stressful I've ever been in three years of working at this store. And that was because nobody was robbing him. Right. Imagine that. Yep. No, no we heard uh, most of the charges were from the opposite side, residents throwing eggs and doing things like that. That's Vandalizing right. yep. vehicles. We saw that. And actually the residents that were throwing the eggs are also the residents that were filing the $400 million lawsuit against us. Right, so, it was $20 million an egg they threw, right? That's what they think it works, right? <laughs> I never Every egg they threw, that, $20 man, million. that's some expensive eggs. I knew the price of eggs went up, Jay, but holy cow. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. it's insane. That's insane. And they still have Paul Champ, I think, uh, running that one? Uh, I believe it was Paul Chump, I think. Mm. 
<laughs> I, I think that's the better way. Um, yep. yep, yep. He so he's the one that froze your bank fine. account, right? Yeah, he still has my bank account frozen. Um, he's actually given me a, a contract to unfreeze it. And when I lawyered up and I had a lawyer look at the contract and we agreed, he ripped it out from underneath us. So as, oh, much, wow. as, as much as he's saying that we uh, that he offered to give me my bank account, he's lying. And we know it 100%. Okay. Is there any... Is that going to come to an end soon, that particular part, or is this tied to the $400 million lawsuit full stop? Well, the, the $400 million lawsuit I can talk about. And uh, okay. for that, for that, um, what I'll just give people is, is we've got a group of people, and that's not a lot. There's four people in this, in this lawsuit. They're trying to bring more people in, but there's four people that filed this lawsuit. One is an ex-CRA worker by the name of Zexy Lee. She's the one mm-hmm. who threw eggs at us. We've got her on film. We've got her on footage throwing eggs at people. Um, she's also, um, nobody knows where she came from. Uh, the city of Ottawa has given her a fictitious award, calling her the hero of Ottawa who stopped the Mm -hmm. convoy. Um, she's not, she's actually the one who tried to harm and hinder us. Then you've got, um, the, another business that was saying that they had to stay closed. We have the proof that it was the Ottawa business association that closed the businesses down, not us. And we have proof that the businesses that were open actually made record sales, more money than they had in the last two years to keep their door open. And we also have witness testimony stating that since then, the Ottawa Business Association has harassed, increased taxes, increased rent to try and push them out of that area. So because they're talking good. Because they supported, not supported, they kept their doors open. Also, we have uh, when we stayed in the hotel, the the hotel was paid up and they refunded our money because the Ottawa Business Association closed them down. None of us closed them down. There was no reason for them to close. They were actually just got the Open Up Ontario Act and they were all starting to open up on January 31st. So there was no reason for them to stay closed other than the Ottawa Business Association telling them to close their doors to do anything they can to deter any kind of any kind of uh, attendance at, at this. But you know what? BLM can come out and they can take to the streets and they can do all of that stuff. And Mr. Trudeau can sit down and bend down and take a knee for them. But he couldn't even have the audacity to talk to us. Had he just said, I hear your plight. You know, he's been lying to us all this time. All he had to do was come out and lie to us and we would have been gone. That's it. It would have been over. He's a good at lying. Why didn't he just come out and lie some more? Good question. Now, didn't the businesses of Ottawa get some money already, like $60 million or something like that? that That's right. So then there was a government grant that was issued to them that they were able to obtain to recoup some of the losses that they had. And people filed and they got recouped. So how can you file against us? And then you got people saying, I have phantom honking. I have phantom smells. Actually, I'm an OH&S guy. And I have a degree in occupational safety and environment. Your windows are standard to code. They would have reduced the decibel level to a tolerable level, as well as you're allowed in an an environment of 85 decibels for eight hours long. So when they hold this decibel meter out that they're trying, I want to see calibration of that decibel meter. Show me the calibration dates that you had that, 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 uh, that um, decibel meter calibrated. And let's see if those were the correct, um, correct decibels that you were recording and that's that's fact if i was to go into court of law to argue a fact for a noise complaint i would have to show the calibration of that frequency monitor 
and I'll guarantee you there's nothing because they used one of these one of these uh, little devices, phones. these phones, yeah. as a decibel meter. That's not a certified decibel meter. I'm sorry. So what are their damages they're claiming then? Like they have phantom stuff, but do they have costs? Do they have some therapy? Like what are they talking about for damages? We're waiting to see. I haven't looked into any of this. Um, I just know that my lawyers, I'm giving my lawyers what to look for. I know mm-hmm. how to do this because in OHS, I have to deal with this. If I have a, an employee who deems that he has hearing loss due to improper uh, noise protection in an environment, I have to go into that environment. I have to test the environment from four meter intervals. I have to test with a decibel meter in four quadrants. And I have to bring back all my findings. And then I have to put them down in a list. And I use what's called the SCAT chart, which is a, a system cause and analysis technique, which brings it down to one root cause that could have caused that. And you have to prove that in a court of law. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting as well as this lawsuit hasn't even been certified yet. So a judge hasn't certified the lawsuit. What they're doing is they've held my bank accounts closed. They have held the, held the lawsuit off till after trial. So right now, for your trial. Yeah. All of our trials. So now what's going on is what you're seeing is you are guilty until proven innocent. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. is wrong as well as I've done the research and this is the worst thing. I, I'm a nerd, right? I, I research. I look up things. I, I get everything I can. And as well as I have a photographic memory, a partial photographic memory, where I can remember statistics, vision, uh, pictures, and, uh, and, and statistics that I'm looking at, and, they, and I retain them. They don't go anywhere. They Good. stay there. Okay. So in the statistics that I was looking at, we have um, a Mariva injunction. And in a Mariva injunction, whether found guilty or not, you, the 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 plaintiffs are only entitled to 20% of your net assets. So what they should have did was looked at what we had for assets, taken that 20%, locked it up, and give us back the rest. No, 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 God, no. We're going to bend the law to fit a narrative to keep spewing this hate message that uh, that they're trying to insinuate on us that we were. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the best thing about Pat King is I videotape everything. Everything. I'm live everywhere. I have police coming up in Ottawa. Are you hot mic'd right now? Like, I, I want to have a chat, but are, <laughs> you're probably hot mic'd right now, so I don't want to talk about it right now. Can you turn your cameras off for right now? Nope, nope. This is my freedom. I'm allowed to film everything. Okay, 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 okay. You know? and And I have it. So... Unfortunately for Mr. Champ and the Ottawa Business Association, you failed remarkably on this. And now the repercussions that are going to happen after this is our multi-million dollar lawsuits. And I'm pretty sure I got grounds for that. Okay. So is that a counter (laughs) or are you going to file a new one? Well, you know what? Uh, Right now, Things look really dim and they look very meek for us, but uh, I have had the utmost faith that we are going to be exonerated in all of this. And I'm, I'm making sure that all the evidence that my lawyer needs is there. As soon as she's requested it, requests it, I'm getting, I'm giving it to them, both lawyers, both on the lawsuit and on the criminal trial. And I haven't seen any evidence yet that says I did anything wrong. So I'm not a lawyer, lawyer, but I know, I know fact. You have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt 
Well, if I can dispute your doubt, dispute your your claim, then that's proven beyond a reasonable doubt that I'm innocent. Yeah, see, that's so weird that when you're in a civil one, you're trying to prove your innocence on that. And it's a preponderance of evidence, which means 51%. So you don't have to go all the way to reasonable, but very, very high level still. Um, so if you're found innocent, which is so weird when I say that out loud, if you're found not guilty, <laughs> um, does that kind of get rid of the civil lawsuit? Because if there's no criminal charges on you, nothing sticks, you're no, free. No, civil lawsuit is still uh, still allowed. Uh, and then you have to prove I think it will that. hurt their lawsuit. Oh, it'll, it'll hurt it. Absolutely. 100%. 110%. Yeah, it's going to be hard to try and hold you liable for legal actions. Illegal actions, maybe. But if they're legal actions, it'd be hard to show liability there. Yeah. And once again, I got to say it. This is for fundraising purposes, ladies and gentlemen. If you can donate to my lawyer at natasha.calvino at gmail.com. Greatly appreciate it. Once again, check out www.brokenarrowbullsandbash.com for uh, details to the rodeo. And if you want to pay it forward, can't, can't attend, you can buy tickets for other people as well. Sorry. Got to throw those in there. No, you keep doing that in there every five, <laughs> 10 minutes. That's fine. And we'll keep the ticker going as well. Yeah. Keep people reminded this is a fundraiser. This is yeah. uh, nothing more than that. Yeah. We're, um, uh, we're looking at this lawsuit from so many different angles and, and I believe it or not, like we say it that, Oh, you know, you always say, Oh, lawyers, they're ambulance chasers. Holy cow. This guy is an ambulance chaser like you wouldn't believe. He's actually a human rights lawyer. So you would think that he would be on the right side of this thing because these are all human rights violations that we're suffering under. And mm -hmm. then when he, he's at the Public Order Emergencies Commission and he opens his laptop up, it tax says the tax the rich on his laptop. Like, mm -hmm. man, like you're such an oxymoron. Well, a moron, but an oxymoron <laughs> when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no it was one of the first things we noticed about him at the poec was his sticker and we were shocked uh the first time we saw it we we're like no way he's coming back with that tomorrow yeah he had it the entire time <laughs> he had yep. it the entire time yeah so does that it's mean unreal. if he wins this lawsuit and he and he collects his fees that he should be taxed because he's not doing this for free i assure you oh absolutely not he's not doing this for free no he's doing this for one massive payout because he thinks mm -hmm. he has the grounds Unfortunately, he should have interviewed his accusers that were like his his plaintiffs. And he should have knew, known before this that they were throwing eggs at people while people right. were trying to show them love and trying to sympathize with them and work with them and understand where they were coming from. Instead, they retaliated and threw eggs at people. Marbles well, from think... high rises. You know, they, they slashed tires. They tried yeah. to put up a counter protest to incite a riot which didn't work, but we know that that was the tactics that they were trying to use to try and make this look violent. And it wasn't violent. There was no violence on ever. What I'll tell you, Jay, I never met so many lovely people in my whole entire life. I had never met, felt more proud to be Canadian in my entire life. And uh, I talked to, uh, what's his name? Um, Oh, the, the burly guy, Mr. Freedom or something. Um, Mr. Freedom, Josh, uh, Josh Bigger. Josh he was Bigger. on my show on Monday. Yeah, yeah he, was on he Monday. brought it up. He brought it up and said, you know what? I'm a born again Canadian. And that's mm -hmm. exactly the term that I love is I lost hope in Canada. But after all that, man, yeah, I, I brought my faith back into Canada again. And you guys are awesome. And I can't be more grateful and more thankful for, for how everybody acted. And uh, and and kudos to everybody out there. 
this was for you guys. Uh, I try yeah. to say to everybody, yeah, we're on the hot seat right now. But ladies and gentlemen, if you weren't on the streets, if you weren't on the sides of the highways or the overpasses and all that, we would be nothing without you guys. Just because you sat on a side of a highway and you think you didn't do anything, you're so absolutely wrong. You're cheering on the side, your flags, your support, the little kids, all of that. You guys are our heroes. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. For everybody that supported it, thank you so much. It showed that Canadian pride again. And there's even more Canadians coming out of the woodwork even now still. As I'm doing these rounds, talking to people, meeting people, there's more and more coming out. And they have the same message. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat. They, they, yeah, they it's, it. it's humbling. I don't think I did anything. Uh, remember, I was locked up for five months in jail. So I didn't get to see what was going on. I was very... I was isolated. I was stuck in quarantine for 32 days. I wasn't allowed to see a TV. And then 30 some odd days after that, I didn't get any interaction of really what was going on other than hearsay through phone conversations with my girlfriend. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't know what was transpiring out in the real world. So it was kind of a real shell shock when I got out and I couldn't even talk to people. I couldn't hear stories from anybody. Nobody could hear from me. And I thought that this thing was gone. I thought all the momentum was gone. There was nothing left behind. Everybody's deeming me a racist and a and an insurrectionist and all this. And it was a really dark place. But now that I get to interact with people and now I get to kind of have these conversations again and I get to interact and find out what people's stories really are. Mm -hmm. um, thanks, guys. Uh, it's it's overwhelming. And I, I'm I'm very grateful for everybody's kind words. Like you said, you met that group, those haters, the, the ones oh, yeah. that are trying to. I just kill them with love. You know, I just kill mm -hmm. them with kindness and uh, tell them thank you very much. I would have fought for you too if you had a reason to stand up and you needed to speak out and you got arrested and jailed for five months for no reason. And then you're being, your bank accounts are still frozen. I would be advocating for you as well. This is wrong. No matter what end of the spectrum you're on here in Canada, I never thought for a minute I would see this happened in Canada, but we always knew that this possibility was there. The people needed to see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I guess I was kind of the Guinea pig. A few others were the Guinea pigs as well. You know, the Coots boys, there's a, a prime example when you see what they're doing to the boys and Coots yeah. that were down at Coots and, and they don't even get a bail hearing. They're already proven or they're already being uh, treated as guilty. Uh, it's wrong. And, and Very I'm wrong. glad and, and I've talked to them, and I know you talked to them, Jay, but they are in good spirits, and they say we're right exactly where we need to be, Pat. We need That's to amazing. expose this. And, and they're in good spirits, which was absolutely cool. I thought that was amazing to hear. And then they had the audacity to ask me, how are you, Pat? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, man, that's, no. That's who they no. are, man. No, don't ask me how I am. It's you guys that are brunting this for everybody, and I can't wait for the day that I can meet these gentlemen and shake their hands and and thank them. Thank them for not taking a plea deal like they want because this is what they're doing. They did yep. the same thing to me. They're trying to make your life hell. They're trying to mm -hmm. hold you in court or hold you in jail long enough till you say, enough, I quit, and I want to make a plea deal. And that's what they're waiting for. And these guys, strongest, strongest, strongest guys I've ever met. So 100%. To, to Chris, Chris, you know, Jerry, and Tony, 
man, good job, guys. And we've got your backs out here on this on the streets. We got you. Yeah, I just saw Chris yesterday, Lysik. So that's what I went down to Lethbridge for. I was down there for three days because it's tough to get an appointment because they play games at the Remand Center. I should have been able to see him on Monday. They just didn't answer the phone. So I had to stick around till Wednesday to see him. Uh, but I got to see him and he's doing all right. He's doing all right. He really misses his daughters for sure. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And that we, was and the hardest does... on me was my kids not being able to see my kids. Uh, I couldn't even call them. It was so yeah. hard on me to call my children and talk to them because you're in jail. You got a bunch of gangsters around you and murderers and everything around you. And and when I would talk to my kids, I would start bawling immediately. When I talked exactly. to my boys, I would start crying. And you gotta, you can't show that sign of weakness in jail because they prey upon that. Um, and luckily for me, I didn't experience that, uh, the prey aspect of it. I stayed mm-hmm. in my own lane. I stayed out of politics and I kept my nose clean and I didn't get involved in any of the horse shit that was going on out in, in the jail. Um, and, and I, and I really got a good example. I am big on organizational behavior. I've got a degree in Great. it cool. and, and to see how people react and how they act in an organization while, while uh, not just like a political entity, but also a criminal entity. And holy cow, what an eye-opening experience. You see the cesspool of society. You see mm-hmm. the drug victims, the, 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 the homelessness. You see the, the revolving door of these people coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving. And you're just, you shake your head and go, what has happened to Canada? What has happened that this is an, a regular occurrence? When did we ever think that doing hard drugs on the streets was going to be tolerated? Safe injection sites where you get free cocaine, free heroin, free meth. What the hell, people? Like, and you see this in, inside the prisons and you're just, they come in, they clean up for a few days because they can't afford drugs. And then they get mm-hmm. off out of the prison. And they go back on the streets. And the first thing that these societies do, that the welfare groups do, is they link them up with a safe injection site to get them their drugs. Like, this is sick. Sick, man. And we allowed this you, to happen. Did you watch Canada's Dying from Andrew, or um, Don, a gun? Uh, uh, oh, man, it's an A. Um, I'm forgetting his name now. Not I Adam. can't remember the name, but I did Aaron, see it. Aaron Gunn. Aaron Gunn. Aaron Gunn, yeah. Aaron yeah. Gunn. Yeah, an excellent documentary. He's actually got like five or six of them out now, different subjects. But boy, is he on a roll when it comes to exposing this information. So check that out. Uh, Canada is dying. It's all about this. A hundred percent. And and I've always said this. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the government's job is to do what's in the best interest of the people. Mm. The government's job is to keep you hooked on drugs instead of trying to make rehabilitation free. There's something wrong. And they've done this to the Canadian people. They've, instead of dealing with the issue and getting people the help they needed, instead they built their own drug labs to manufacture cocaine in British Columbia, to manufacture heroin in British Columbia, to manufacture carfentanil in in British Columbia. And they've made their own warehouses to manufacture this stuff, to give it to the people. I guarantee you, late at night, there's a truck leaving for the shipyards to send it to other places. Oh, geez. You might be right about that. Now, what do you think their purpose for that is? Do they want to kill people or do they want to keep us docile? Like, what do you think they're doing? Why are they that's, doing this? It, that's exactly it. They're trying. It's another means to kill the unwanted people. It's another means to keep uh, the health industry revolving, right? With Narcan injections, with uh, 
with sicknesses, diseases, all of that. It's it's all a ploy to keep us sick. And and some people might not agree with me, but if you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, chemtrails, that's like training wheels. And if you go into the chemtrail thing and you start reading what they're putting in the atmosphere and putting in your in your in the air, it's it's intentional to keep you sick. This whole system has been designed to keep you sick, to keep your brain patterns, to your pineal glands uh, absolutely consumed and not be allowed to think and not be able to use your sixth sense or your your instincts, your gut instincts. Remember, I, I say this and I'm going to go off on this, but this is one of my favorite ones. Is Please do. We have this gut instinct in ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's instinctual in our bodies. It's been there since we evolved from a zygote. And it's that instinct that tells you when you hear a tree rustle in the background, you think, oh, danger. And you think, saber-toothed tiger, I have two choices, fight or flight. Now you've got people over the last 20 years, and this has been the onset. We've learned this in university when I was taking my courses on OHS that 75% of your workforce is going to be suffering from some sort of mental illness, whether it be anxiety or depression. Your, well. your gut instinct is your defense mechanism when something is wrong. And for the last 20 years, people have been saying there's something wrong. And what have doctors been doing? They've been uh, prescribing you uh, blockers to reduce and, and submit your, your pineal glands and your, and your anxiety because they don't want you to trust your gut anymore. They don't want you. They want you to listen to the government and the government's mm -hmm. going to tell you what's right and what's wrong, and we know best. But really, truthfully, it's your gut instinct that will save you out of all of this. If you think it's wrong, listen to your gut. Your gut has got you this far in life. And that's what you need to listen to. So always listen to your gut and do not for one minute allow them to, to subdue that. That is your 100% protective instinct for your body to know you're in harm. And all these people have been dealing with anxiety and depression and all this is because they know something's wrong and not be it themselves or their lives or their lack of being able to afford housing their lack of being able to afford food all of that their gut instinct gets going they're they're they're, they're feeling anxious and anxiety which is an adrenaline rush and if people know this it's an actual adrenaline rush it's your body giving you a, enough energy to run or fight and and then what does the doctor say oh no that's bad that's bad you're suffering from anxiety here's some pills take these pills and we'll, and we'll shut that down on you. And, and right. that's what they've done. They've, they've reduced our ability to use our gut instinct. And that's what's going to save you in all of this. Like, right, sorry, I kind of run off. but No, no, no. It, keep doing true. that. Yeah, yeah. So fight, flight. But now because of this, we have freeze. So you used to fight or flight. But now you're so docile and doped up. You're freeze. Which means you do nothing, which is nothing good or helping you. And would you agree with that assessment? They're kind of making you freeze and do nothing. 100% and you don't have that ability to to exercise your voice because you've been told you have something wrong with you be quiet mm. take your pills don't forget to take your pills and be quiet and don't listen to those thoughts try and get them out of your head don't it, it's all in your head but don't listen to it don't listen to it that's what they tell you you go to any counselor psychiatrist a, a, a psychologist anybody that's what they're telling you don't listen to those thoughts Take your right. medicine. You got something there, Pat. I think you're onto something for sure. Because that's what we saw during the convoy. A huge chunk of Canada just froze. 
They didn't do yeah. anything. They just kind of turned their backs and froze. They didn't even run or flight, but they froze. And I was confused. Like, why would you not care about the protests, what they're trying to say? And why is it that you don't think we should have a right to speak to our government or at least demand to speak to our government? Like, why do some people think that that was selfish of us to even ask for the government to speak to us? Of course, that's not the case. It's not selfish at all. They should be talking to us anytime we demand it. But why did some people take that position where they thought we were just being selfish and, and all we cared about was whether or not we took a vaccine or not? They didn't see the bigger picture. So what happened there? That's the cognitive dissonance. So those, uh, and I want to, I don't have statistical charts to, re, to bring it up, but I can You would remember make, them. But I'll remember them when I do find them. But I'll tell you this much, that statistically 60% to maybe 65, maybe even as much as 70% of those people suffer from mental health issues and those people are on blockers and they need that government assistance uh. so they don't dare want to speak up against it because they need the help and assistance from the government so if mm -hmm. the government's going to keep giving them free handouts free drugs free free medications free counseling free all that well hell no we're not going to go against the government i need those but if they would think outside the box and ask themselves why am i sick what's causing this what are the different issues that these people are looking at and why are they talking like this? Oh no, wait, I got to go. Oh, sorry. It's two o'clock. I got to take my other pill. Mm. Cognitive dissonance in people is tough. What I like to tell people is get people the information you can let them stew on it because in a few months, their cognitive dis dissonance is going to drive them nuts. It's going to make them want to go and, and, uh, and, and look into this to see, you know what? I'm going to prove that son of a bitch wrong. I, he's wrong. I'm gonna, right. you know, too bad. And then they start going down the rabbit holes and they start seeing, oh, I go, oh, oh wow, okay. And then they come <laughs> back to you and say, hey, I'm sorry. You see, we've lost the art of apologizing when we're wrong. And I'm and, sorry that happened. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's what it is. You know, people don't realize it's okay to make mistakes. That's how we evolve. Mm -hmm. We evolved by uh, uh, hammering on a nail. Boom, I hit my thumb. Oh, geez, that hurt really bad. Guess what? I don't hit my thumb anymore because I learned a better yeah. technique. That's what we need to learn. And we've also need to learn the ability of humbleness. You need to learn to understand that you can be wrong and it's okay. And I mm -hmm. wish that these politicians would get behind that because that shows a, a huge amount of your character when you can admit your faults and you can admit when you're wrong. I can do that easily. No problem. I've done it several, several times. And I think that's why people hate me so much is because I can admit when I'm wrong and I still get better. I learn from it and I keep going. And, and all the haters and that... They just want to be me. They want to be like me. They want to. They want to fight and 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 they want to uh, um, like have that same compassion and that energy. But they can't find it in themselves. So what's the easier way? It's it's easier for us to hate him rather than be behind him and understand. You know what? This guy is just a normal guy. He makes mistakes. He learns from him and he gets better. And that's the problem with today's generation. We've been raised on reality tv and in reality right. tv such as survivor big brother all of those reality shows you are taught how to lie cheat and steal to get mm -hmm. what you want but at the same time be their best friend and pretend that you're you've got their best interests and you're on their side but behind closed doors you know you're, i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for him tonight just to get your hands on money money 
you'd be surprised what people will do for $10,000. $10,000 people will sell their own children for it. Oh. And I can I can pay all my bills in 10,000. I have nothing left in 5 minutes. It's sick. It's sick. We've been absolutely brainwashed as a society. Canada has become passive, so mm-hmm. passive. Um, we never used to be like this. We used to be revered on a war camp, like in a on a war level. If you called the Canadians in, oh shit, you know the Canadians were coming in. They were defeating you in every battle, and uh, and since then we've become peacekeepers. We've held the peace around the globe, and now when uh, when it's on our own soil and we decide to speak up, now we're hated. We're okay to go fight wars in other countries for other nationalities to bring them what we have as a Canadian democracy. That's okay. Yay, yay, Ukraine, you know, kind of horse shit. And uh, when when it's here on your own soil, you, you can't support it. You can't get behind it. You'd rather call them xenophobes or racist. Racist, you racist. You've overplayed mm-hmm. that word. You can't even call a person racist anymore. People just roll their eyes at it because it's been so used and it's disgusting 100 percent, and and you're not wrong like we've been so passive first we used to be the world war ii we would take juno we would do some big big things as canadians then as you're right we became peacekeepers un we did lots of peacekeeping and then we became supply and logistics for the bigger ones so uk us we would be supplying them and now we can't even protect our children at home right they are indoctrinated they are sexualized we're normalizing pedophilia it seems to be a complete decline of our social fabric and our families and and i bet you see that as a targeted uh, attempt by a certain group maybe globalists who are trying to uh, cause us to move our faith from god to the state make us dependent on the state get all of our actions rights and rules from the state I don't agree with any of this, but this mm-hmm. is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they're starting to parent and take over the parenting job of us. And now they're actually turning parents into criminals for the parenting de- choices and decisions, like yeah. calling your son a son. Um, <laughs> wow. So what happened all of a sudden? Because this was like in the last five years <laughs> at most that we started to turn this this corner here. And there was no stopping it. Well, they've they've got their they've got their claws embedded in every political establishment that we have, from municipality to provincial to government, and uh, and I I want people to know something, and and, and people don't know this about me, but I'm going to give you some hard truths right now. Okay. I have a cousin who has transitioned. He's went from a man to a woman. I still love him the same. He's still a great person. His name is Wendy, or she is Wendy, and and I and I agree. But she did that as an adult after 20 years in the military. I have a friend who was a tool push on an oil rig who went from the hard impact male-oriented environment to a female. And now it's Danielle is his na- her name. And, and I have these people. But what I also have a niece who is uh, gen- not gender affirming, but is, is uh, in the LGBTQ community. And I love her the same. I have friends who are in the LGBTQ community and I love them all the same, but they made all those decisions as adults. And now what they're doing to the children is, is not right. Do you remember in, in, in our generation, at least when you would go to school and they would talk about sex ed, it was the basics. It was male, female anatomy, and it was how intercourse was and how to protect yourself from disease. That is, that is, I would say, educational. But when mm-hmm. you're teaching how to fist somebody, 
yeah. while high on meth and right. uh and all and i've read these books so i'm not i am absolutely quoting what i've read and then telling people that you can be anything you want but how come gender affirmation surgery is still only two genders you're either a male or a female you're switching from a male to a female but yet there's so many different genders but you can only change to two there's something Good wrong point. <laughs> so it is a binary choice there's only two that's, that's right ones and zeros man that's what we're at and and i'm and i know i'm quoting a lot of other things that a lot of people have heard but we got to look at, I, I, as we as a society it's our jobs to extrapolate and 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 definitively figure out what it is that is the problem and we need to do this as a as a society and when you start seeing exactly that them trying to confuse our children, mm -hmm. trying to put them in situations that are perverse, that are provocative, that are sexually oriented. And we have laws in place that say minors are not allowed to be uh, subjected to these, these, uh, you know, these disgusting pervertedness from an adult. And that's a right. law for that. But now mm -hmm. it's okay because it's in the education system. Oh, it's okay because... You know, guys are pulling the helicopter off at a parade down in Toronto. You know, that's okay. That's that's all right. But anybody does that. If I were to walk down the street, and I'm not even going to enter that, but if I were to do that, you know, I'd be in jail. I would for be sure. in jail. So now you're telling me this is acceptable. So rules for thee and rules for we. That's how you're going to say? That's wrong. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to speak up. You need to talk about this because... We, we can sit here and go and attack so many topics in this, but these were some of the issues that were on a lot of people's minds while we did what we did. So it's gotten to the point that even the Americans are saying it. It took a bloody beer can for people to finally wake up to this. Like, are yep. you kidding me? We were screaming this before. As parents, we were screaming this before, but nobody would listen. But now, because it was on a beer can, oh, now you're going to stand up? little behind the eight ball on that one, if you ask me. A little late, but better late than never. But I think the tide's turning, though. Do you see some of the cracks in the narrative? People are not following for it as much. We have Muslim groups standing up, parents who are Muslim, uh, parents who are Christian, Catholic. They're all starting to stand up now. And it seems to be the big unifier saving the children. Uh, so it's not really dividing us that issue at all because it's very few people who are actually pushing that narrative and there's a large majority who definitely is not so this might be one of those issues where more and more canadians will get behind it regardless of political or even uh, religious uh, connections they're going to be parents first um do you think that might actually be turning on them and we might be getting some cracks in this narrative now well i i would like to hope so i'm optimistic for sure um but i do know how these guys work and they've already have a war campaign on all of this stuff They've already thought these processes out 5, 10, 20, 100 years in advance. Um, mm -hmm. These have been the uh, abilities to de demoralize societies, demoralize the family home. Look at the Greeks. Look at the Romans. They brought in pedophilia and uh, and all of that stuff, and it degraded their civilizations and, and basically eventually destruct, destroyed their civilizations. Um, that is part of the game. But they've already war campaigned this. They already know that result. And like uh, Catherine McKenna said, you know, if you scream it loud enough, they'll believe you. Well, you've screamed. They they have screamed it too loud, and now people aren't believing them. So right. I do see, yes, a little bit of it, but they've over they have overplayed their poker hand. Um, they've they've bluffed too much. 
But now yeah. um, I feel that I think this was all part of the plan, right? That's that divide and conquer. That's in, in uh, the art of war. It's divide and conquer. They, mm -hmm. they use that tactic. That's one of their best ones to do. And where's the best one to divide? They divided the family home. They divided yep. the, the family unit. Not only did they do that, ladies and gentlemen, have you all forgot that they told you grandma couldn't come over to your house at Christmas time unless you were jabbed? Well, there's another tactic that they used to mm -hmm. demoralize and devalue the family unit. We bought into it. Some people did. I never bought into it. Not a chance. That'd be the day you tell me I can't have my grandmother over my house for Christmas. Um, that'll be the day that you tell my son or my, my daughter or my, my, my kids, you tell them that there's more than one gender and that don't talk to your parents. Talk to us. We're, we're right. the ones that are, we'll listen to you. No, 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 no. We gave birth to those children. We raised those children. We were the ones who are the parents of those children. How dare you? How dare you do that? I, I How old are your children? I have a 15-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 7-year-old. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. they're still in school? You keep them in regular school, or what are you doing with them? This Unfortunately, year? yes, but the younger kids are very well informed that mm -hmm. if these topics are to come up into school, they are to go to the principal's office and call us right away. And they are very yeah. well versed in that. And they are very well uh, educated from a parental standpoint that uh, we, we, we say straight up, you know, it's accepting. You can accept people if they love a boy or a boy loves a boy or a girl loves a girl. Absolutely. Go right ahead. But when they start pushing this transitioning drag time, story time in class um, uh, and telling you you can't tell your parents, that's when they know, oh, red flags. The alarms are going yep. up. Um, I'm, I'm acceptive. I'm inclusive. I, I, I love everybody the same. I do. I really do. I don't care what sex you're, you're in, what a, uh, what political affiliation you're in or what, uh, you know, color, creed, religion. I don't care. But what I am is I'm somebody that if you're an asshole, I'm going to call you an asshole. I don't care mm -hmm. your affiliation. And the education system is one of the giant assholes right now. And they need sure. to be they need to be clean house. They need to have their house clean. It needs to be taken out of the curriculum. And that's a job for parents. That's not a job for some blue-haired teacher who recognizes as a furry to tell my kids what is right and what is wrong. That is the parent's job, not yours. For sure. And another asshole's municipalities. But before we get there, you want to remind everybody why you're here today for your fundraiser? <laughs> yes sir uh this is for fundraising purposes please ladies and gentlemen if you can donate donate to natasha.calvino at gmail.com and uh as well as we oh yeah password ottawa and if you if you are donating make sure that the password is ottawa as well as we have a car show august 26th uh up in leduc alberta get on the web page get on the facebook page and uh the posters are all up on there and the www.brokenarrowbullsandbash.com. Yeah, and there you go. And I'll be at the Leduc one as well. And I believe uh, Lindsay <laughs> Butler is going to be doing some singing as well. Uh, oh, cool. So should be a good show. And I think uh, Betty Carbert's going to try and make it. So Chris Carbert's mother's going to try and make it. All right. James, on. I can't wait. Yeah. And James Sowery might try and make it. So he's the one that was convicted for killing We'll a just pylon. make sure there's no pylons around. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't last around him. But yeah, yeah, I'm reaching out to a few people to see if they can come up as well. It should be a good time oh, right to do the Duke one. 
Yeah, I'll be in a dunk tank. I'll be doing a dunk tank. So if you want to come take your shots at me, that'll be your mm -hmm. opportunity. Anybody want to come take a shot? Come on out. I'll be in the dunk tank. You can hit the, you can dunk me if you got a good arm, but I doubt it because uh, there's a lot of, no, I'm not going to go. I've yeah. got a whole line ready for when I'm up in the dunk tank. <laughs> Come on, you sissy boy. Put the purse down and swing it. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And if nobody dunks you, we get to jab you, right? Is that the deal? If we don't oh, get dunked, you I, get a jab? Over my dead body. Let's dunk you. <laughs> yeah, well, dunk instead. You should have seen the look on the people's eyes in the, in the jail in OCDC when I was in Ottawa. They wanted to stick that swab up my nose to make sure I didn't have mm. COVID. Oh boy, like a rabid dog. Get that damn thing away from me. They were gonna hold me against the wall. And I was I just I was ready. Like, let's go get that thing out of here. I do not have COVID. That's how I know oh I don't gosh. have COVID. I'm not running, my nose ain't running, I'm not sick, I'm healthy. Go away. Ceases no, will be attending. I just seen this. Ceases will be Ceases, Ceases, Ceases is, here. is already here. here. They're yeah, right here, sure. man. And they're in this here too. They're right here. I, yeah, we're yeah. good man we're good yeah. yeah they know what we're up to totally it's kind of like I've, caa i don't have to worry glenn, about my car anymore they know where i am yeah glenn mcgregor from ctv he actually said in one of his interviews i still live rent free in the media's heads too by the way he said if ceases didn't do a good job spying on packing what's to say that they did a good job spying on beijing unreal <laughs> beijing unreal and i have that recorded that's a trophy moment for me that is nice Put on a t-shirt and make some money. Fundraising for your legal fees only, though, right? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so so the asshole municipalities, because you brought up how they were being assholes in the schools, but yeah. municipalities too. So in Calgary, they now pass some bylaws that you can't protest around certain uh, uh, city facilities if it's certain ideologies. So it's not like no protesting allowed. It's only no protesting with 100 meters if it's about gender or about diversity or anything like that or anti those issues. Um, so what do you think about that now that municipalities themselves like Calgary should be an Alberta strong stronghold. It's not. It used uh, to be. It used yeah, to be. Yeah, but now, now they got a woke mayor who's actually making rules like that and files like that. Uh, and even keeping people away from doing simple things like spreading the gospel, talking about the gospel. Uh, Arthur Pulowski, uh, Josh Alexander, these people are finding trouble in Calgary just spreading the word. Um, right. So, yeah, even on a municipality level, we have a couple people who are changing the rules, changing the, the protesting and making it illegal to even just speak near uh, certain places on certain subjects. Yeah. So, dude, so what they absolutely they've absolutely took aside. They, they picked an ideology. Not only are they supporting it, they're encouraging it and helping it grow. This isn't the business of municipalities. They're not supposed to be in the business of politics when it comes to citizens like this, but yet here we are. Um, so how do we fight back on that one too? So actually the reason why this is, and that's a good, good segue into this is uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have to research agenda 2030. You get mm -hmm. sustainable development cities and you get uh, what's the other word? Um, sanctuary cities. Okay, so in order for these cities to, and look it up under everybody's city, go into your city municipality, go into their webpage, look it up and look for anything with regards to sustainable development, build back better, all these times, inclusive communities, all of that. And minutes. you'll know that your municipality has bought into the agenda. And in order mm -hmm. for them to buy into the agenda, they would take a giant money, they, uh, uh, loan, not a loan, um, they would feed money, funnel money into those communities 
into the mayor's tax in the mayor's pockets, into the school boards and all that. You here, here's all the money in your in your hidden bank account, but you have to push the narrative. And if you don't push that narrative, well, then then there'll be uh, there'll be recourse against you for that. So look in your communities. If your communities are pushing the sustainable development agenda 2030, anything to do with United Nations um, uh, sustainable development, the redistribution of wealth, any kind of conversations like that, research your cities. And if they are, call them out. Call them Mm -hmm. out. Go to the town hall meetings. Go to the council meetings that are going to be held in your communities, stand up, ask your questions. That's your right as a citizen. And the more of us that exercise our rights, that's, that's how everybody says, well, how do we hold them accountable, Pat? How do we hold our politicians accountable? Do your citizen duty and hold them accountable. Show up to the, to the council meetings. I see a lot of people are doing it now more and more and more. And the more that you keep these guys on their toes, the more reluctant they're going to be, to be trying to push this narrative. Also look in to see if there's any BlackRock investments into your communities. BlackRock, Vanguard. BlackRock, that was the next one. Yeah, Vanguard. Look into these because all they've done is change the names now. And if you mm-hmm. look at BlackRock, BlackRock is a very shady organization. It is actually part of mercenaries and killings. If you look into it, they are mercenaries for hire. You can hire from BlackRock. They are mm-hmm. in charge of the, the destruction of Iraq. They're 100%. And then Halliburton came in behind and uh, took up all the infrastructure projects. Same thing what they're doing in the Ukraine. The same thing they're doing in other communities, Haiti, all of that. BlackRock is in everything. So if your community, your municipality is, is showing that stuff and it has that stuff on their community websites, then you need to start asking questions. But I would highly recommend do your research. Do your research, find your fact-based argument, write it down, have it all ready to go because they will try and shut you down as soon as you open it up. And that was what they're going to do. Yeah, this is for fundraising, guys. I'll let you know. These are just my opinions. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> yeah, some people have two. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, now, getting on to this globalist side of things, Um in Edmonton, it's really gone bad. So the 15-minute cities, the crimes here is horrible. Uh, it's really turned bad. Now, you talked about getting into the town hall, go to, to speak. I'm curious what you think about rural people who are not part of the cities going to the cities and having their say as well. Because if the cities collapse, it's going to hurt rural as well. Because right now, there's a bit of a divide between urban and rural. And well, urban seems in to- Alberta, yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and urban seem to be enjoying this. They actually like this kind of thing from happening. So they may not be getting a lot of voices out in there in the counter to what they're doing here. So what do you think about rural people going to some of these town halls and having a say as well? I 100% encourage it. You're doing good at protecting your small communities right now, which is awesome, which is where it needs to be. It's where everybody should be is protecting their communities. But what it is is you got to be careful when you're going into the cities because if you're not from out, you're not from in the city, they're going to tell you, well, you don't have a right to speak here, but you actually Correct. do. You actually do have a right to speak there because you're a concerned citizen. And if you're on, from the surrounding areas, the, whatever the city does affects the surrounding areas as well. Exactly. So you mm-hmm. do have grounds to go in and speak to your municipalities in the cities. Understandably that you got Mayor Sohi in Edmonton. 
Okay, so four five years ago, before he got elected, Mister Fancy Socks was in Edmonton promoting him. So mm-hmm. you knew we knew then that it was going that route. I was actually at that event. They held it in a in a temple in Edmonton, and we were there outside the gates. And sure as shit, he got elected as mayor. And then what happened? He flipped it to a sanctuary city. And then what right. happened? You see an influx of over 900, I think it was 900,000 immigrants were, were flocked. No, not 900,000. No. Uh, let me look in the file. Maybe 90,000 or so. Uh, no, it was even, it was in the hundreds. The four, four, 425,000 immigrants were flooded into Alberta. Oh, sorry. That's Alberta and Calgary. They were okay. flooded into the two major municipality cities. And uh, the, the actually, um, that was his agreement. You'll be mayor. I will make sure that you're mayor, but you have to push this agenda because we're losing the stronghold in Alberta. Obviously, we know that there's not even a liberal party in Alberta. They don't mm-hmm. even get votes, so they lost that. So now they're trying to keep pushing the NDP vote because the NDP can gather ground, but the NDP is Antifa. We've actually investigated the NDP in Alberta. We do have Rachel Notley along with uh, Janice Irwin running an Antifa gym to train these kids on how to fight back, on how to hit you with riot shields and golf clubs, fire extinguishers, all of that. We've exposed them for that. We've exposed Rachel Notley and her government grant program that's funneling money into the Antifa program, into the uh, Black and Indigenous Lives Matter movements and and supporting and getting back in behind them. We know this. So they're trying to reestablish that foothold in Alberta. But thank God that we have like-minded conservative people rurally and in, in the urban areas as well that are pushing back more in Alberta. And, and we're thankful for that, but we need more and people need to use their due diligence. They need to use their, their abilities to actually use their voice and know that it is okay for you to say, no, it is all right. It's not a bad thing. Remember back in the day, Ronald Reagan used to push, just say no. well, it's time we pull that back out of our, our little tool, our little toolkit and start saying, no, you don't want this in your communities. No, you don't want this on our children. No, you don't want this on our society and, and, and exercise those rights. Okay. So we, I'm just looking at some of the notes and, and what people are saying. Black water might be the mercenaries you're talking about, but black rock is the financial guys are taking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's Blackwater was a Mercedes, but there's got to be, I believe there's a connection there. There is a connection there. Black oh, well, Rock, for sure. Black, Black Rock, Rock, Blackwater, Van, uh, the other one you said, the um, Vanguard. Vanguard. They're all connected. And it's all about the destabilization of a, demo- of a, of a, 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 a country to initiate democracy under the guise of war. And it's a cash grab. It's a 100% cash grab, and it's just them funneling money. Look at, if you look at Iraq, Iran, uh, where it was Libya, Syria, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Korea, um, Afghanistan was one too. They all had their own gold-backed dollar. They didn't belong to the Federal Reserve. And what have they done is, they, is they've systemic, systemically uh, created havoc and war in those countries to establish the foothold of democracy and put in the Federal Reserve. And that mm-hmm. is what's going on. And now you see it when you type in your Google machine and the Google buttons on the machine and type in uh, military installations in the Middle East. And you'll see a huge pattern 
and they're all around on the borders of Iran. And they're Iran's the next one. Iran's right. the next one. They're going to go in after them. It makes sense because they're trying to go after each one of them. And Iran's the most vocal one and putting up quite the resistance and maybe scaring them up to this point. Maybe that's why they haven't gone in so quickly with them. I'm not sure. Um, so how do we fix some of this? Okay, so I see a lot of people saying people are not awake, but we just spoke about why they're not awake. A good 60, 70% of people are docile, they're frozen, uh, they have their faith with the government and not with God, and they don't believe much of what we say because we're not parroting the government's uh, narrative at all. So how do we wake them up? Is it one at a time? Do we wait for them to suffer, vaccine harm, some other things? Um, maybe their own child gets indoctrinated, they don't like it. Or is there a way to get the message out before the pain so that we don't have to go through some of those stages first? Well, I've been at this for quite some time and I've been watching the patterns of how people react. And mm -hmm. to be quite honest, some people aren't going to like my answer right now. Um, and that's okay. I don't, uh, I don't uh, plan on pleasing everybody. Give up on no them. No kowtowing here. The ones that aren't listening, give up on them. Stop wasting your energy trying to force feed it down their throats because we look radical and that's where the comments come in as you guys are nuts. Don't don't force feed it. Don't antagonize them. Don't instigate them. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. But what's going to happen is you're going to worry about yourself, worry about mm -hmm. other people within your groups, your family unit, worry about yourselves, get prepared, become a community-oriented person and, uh, and, 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 and work along with everybody, not against them. Work with them, establish your fundamental uh, community that you yourself belong to, that you can communicate, trading goods, uh, gardening, all that kind of stuff. Build your own community. What's going to happen is these ones that are all still sleeping, that we say are sleeping, they mm -hmm. don't want to hear it. They know something's messed up, but they don't want to hear it. But what they're doing right. is they're waiting for it to become personal. That's the only way you're going to get these people. It has to become personal. It has to become on their doorstep for them to finally clue in. And it's not worth our energy to waste our energy on them. Um, and it's not in a bad light. That is self-preservation. Self That's what we need. You need to save your own sanity, keep it to yourself, and work within your community and your confines and exercise your, your right to... You know, hold these government officials accountable, hold your municipalities accountable, attend the community hall meetings, email your MLAs, email your MPs, um, exercise that right that you have as a citizen to stay on top of this stuff. Um, yes, we know the game plan that they have. We can go into details on the, in a, at a later date on that, but we know what's coming. You best be getting prepared for it, right? And if that means you just leave these people alone, you leave them alone. You still see the people out there who are, you know, masks on and uh, mm -hmm. walking around. Quit laughing at them. Quit pointing fingers at them. Quit shaking your heads at them. They are yeah. not going to get it until it's personal. And I, I look at people. I like that advice. Um, I catch myself doing it too, but I'll snicker to myself. I'll just be like, oh God, there's one in every crowd, right? Mm -hmm. I'll say that, but it's our job to stop looking what they're what we've been portrayed as in the media, we have to fix that narrative now. So that I'm saying, you know, and, and to those that want to keep doing it, go ahead. You do what you want. It's free will. You you have that right. What I'm just saying as a suggestion is get off the streets, get off hanging out on the corners. Protesting ain't working. 
People aren't listening. It's not a matter of protesting. It's a matter of now getting ready, community-based, and, and getting prepared for what's coming down the pipeline. And we all know what's coming. They're talking about digital currencies, 15-minute cities. They're talking about, uh, um, what's the other ones, uh, another pandemic. You know, uh, mm. for what I was told, the research I've done, SPARS 2024 is the next one. They've already worked for this one. What they did is they uh, rolled out the jab to everybody. Everybody's immune systems are 30 to 70% compromised right now. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to release the big one. The big one's going to come out. People are going to start dropping left and right because they have no immune systems now. And that's when you're going to see the real, real pandemic is going to happen. Spars. Everything you just watched was a, was a game, was a planned event, was to see how susceptible people will buy into this. They wanted to see how brainwashed people really were. I believe that the numbers are actually a lot worse than what they're saying they are. I don't think as many people got jabbed as they're saying they are. Um, I think they just fabricated those numbers. But what you're going to see is now they're going to give you some cataclysmic catastrophe that is going to make you go, oh, shit. And right. just know that they've already set the stage for that. So it's Well, here's the thing about it. Yeah, if they were inflating those numbers, one of the other reasons why it could have been to hide how much harm there truly is. So if they're telling people 90% of people took it, but only a small fraction got harmed, but when it's really not 90%, it's a lot smaller, and it's a larger percentage of people that got harmed, maybe they're trying to hide that number as well. Well, I have I have uh, from, from good, good, credible sources, and I'm talking Department of National Defense. I'm talking about Department of Defense in the United States. Uh, retired generals uh, are giving me information. And I do know that with the vaccine rollout, there was 70% saline solution, 30% actual jabs so that they could reduce the amount of people who would die suddenly from it to make it look like it wasn't as big as it was. And that's the key to this is out of 7 million people, only 70,000 might have got injured, so it doesn't look that bad. Right, right. But what people don't know is from an occupational health and safety, there is a protocol that even if 50 people are injured on the initial rollout, they are to discontinue the product. But they didn't discontinue it, which makes me think that the numbers aren't exactly true. But mm-hmm. there are still people, silly enough, going out there getting their sixth and seventh one, you know, Um it's 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 unbelievable it's unbelievable but those people you got to let them go you have to cut them loose and you can't direct your energy towards that and you've got to just get prepared as a family as a community because what they've got planned is this rollout of this next pandemic that's going to be pretty crazy you're going to see people dropping on the streets now i and i and i mean it you will they'll be dropping right in front of you and they'll be crashing their vehicles in the highways and stuff like that it's going to be horrible but you're going to see people flock to the cities. You're going to see people flock to the military who's going to set up a military station in every town. They're going to draw a big fence around you, and they're going to contain you in there, and they're ready for small pockets of resistance. So if you want to be the resistance, you better get prepared, get your food supplies ready, and just start taking care of your family. 15-minute cities was always the design. They've always Mm -hmm. wanted 15-minute cities. The movie The Hunger Games is just a prelude as to what they want. They want you called in a community, a universal income. Everybody is is, um, is, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reliant on the government for feed, for food, all of that stuff. You're going to work a job. You're only going to get paid this amount, no matter what your job entails. And you're not allowed to leave your community. And all they're doing right now is laying out the fundamental groundwork for that. Mm-hmm. And that groundwork is being laid out in these trials right now. These trials that we're going through is so that you can't take to the streets and protest when they start pushing these, these, uh, these events. So it's important to get behind us and help support us so that we can fight these trials, that we can produce an absolute amazing defense package so that this isn't going to happen to the future generations of Canadians or, or globally on a global scale. One win for us will, will break their backs. And that's what we need everybody to get behind and support us, our fundraising efforts, our, our events that we're holding on. Come on out. Whether you like me or not, it doesn't matter. Understand that you're on trial as well. And, and we're fighting for you. The ones who are the naysayers and they're saying, well, I don't believe what you're saying, Pat. I don't think that they're going to do that. That's fine. I understand that. And you're uh, welcome to that opinion. But I have not been wrong yet. I have mm-hmm. asked a million times, debate me on this. Prove me wrong. Prove me that this is not your intentions. And not one person has taken the invite and come and sat on a table with me around a table and discuss this because they know I'm right. I want to be wrong. I don't want to be right in this. But it's our choice as Canadian citizens to understand the severity of this, understand the importance of it, and get behind everybody so that we can help support everybody so that nobody's going down for this or else, unfortunately, Canada, we're in a world of hurt. And I don't want to see that for my future generations of children. I don't want to see my grandchildren have to go through this. And I want to make sure that we leave a legacy for our children to know that at least we tried to do something. And that's all we can do because we are ourselves, our persons, our families are, are what's going to show our children what they can do in the future. And if we don't stand up now, our children are just going to not stand up. So I, I recommend that everybody just get close to God, say your prayers, mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. that you need to reestablish your, your, your life with, with, uh, with God and, and your faith. And uh, you also need to get behind people and, and start preparing because this, they're going to fast forward this, fast forward this, that's it's established as 2030. I think what we accomplished in Ottawa, we actually pushed them back a couple of years so I think we, we, we were able to actually give them, you know, a run for their money. And now they're, oh, and they're scrambling. But they remember, they were prepared for this. They're always prepared for this. They've been doing this to civilization since the days of Babylon. What happened to Danielle Smith? We thought she was going to do some work for us. We thought she was going to fight for us. Maybe some of us didn't believe it would, but we were hoping she would. And then within like the first month or so, she showed her true cards. June 6th, she showed her true cards by, you know, supporting the Pride Parade and really getting behind it. Uh, she she didn't do the human rights um, uh, amendment to the uh, the act here in Alberta for medical status being protected. So you can't ask about VAC status. And she didn't uh, stand up against the WEF at all. So WEF is still on the Alberta Health Services website. And she's actually come out saying couple things. First, she is fine with ESG scores. She patted Kenny on the back for bringing that in. And she also said it's inevitable that we're going to have digital currency. But she's not really fighting that. And the third one, 
uh, net zero by 50 or 2030 or 2050. So she's really still so so she's still on that bandwagon. What happened? Did we make a big mistake? Oh, we didn't really have a choice. Like, which leader are we going to put in? We're not going to put Notley in. And then which uh, UCP leader should we have put in? Because it looks like we screwed up on that one. What do you think? Well, you didn't screw up. Nobody screwed up on that one. So I want okay. you to know that. You got to understand that Alberta was one of the loudest voices in all of this. Alberta mm-hmm. has and always will be one of the loudest voices on all of this. And this is the reason, and I'll give you the Coles note version. Is Please. because everybody from around Canada has moved to Alberta because of the degradation of their economies and their their ability to provide for their families. So everybody moves to Alberta. Everybody comes out here, makes a good golden dollar, eats the golden goose and the golden egg, and everybody loves that. So our mentality out here is ya ra 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 ra. You're not doing that here. So what did they do? They put in a pit bull. They put in somebody who preached the good preach, wanted to hear what everybody wanted to hear, to keep us lulled. They wanted to mm-hmm. slow down the momentum of Alberta because they got to oh. let the rest of us catch up. So Danielle Smith come in Trump style and she's going to stop this. She's going to stop that. No, she's just slowing it down so that we sit there, think that she's got our best interest. Oh, yeah. And Light now Alberta kind of goes into a lull mode and they're like, okay, we don't need to fight so much anymore. She's going to do it for us. Ha! If you think a politician has your best interest at heart, you're you're fooling yourself. They they don't. I, they they told the party line. I see what you're saying there. So she actually caused the independent movement to slow down, the separation movement to slow down. She tried to unify us around solidarity and, and sovereignty, and really slow down the other ones. Alberta Prosperity Project. Uh, 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 Arthur Pulowski himself as well. Uh, he was quite frustrated after that election because he saw what you saw. We yep. picked the wrong one here. So yep. I didn't even consider that. I, I think you're, you're bang on on that one, Pat, that it was to uh, slow us down on all of those movements that were happening right before she came on the scene again. The same goes Should with we... Polyev. Same goes with Polyev. So let's look at it. We, we've gone from the provincial level, okay? So they put in the one that we wanted to hear because Alberta was so actually uh, outspoken you know, and they're they're picking on the Alberta people who did the convoy stuff. They're they're focusing on Alberta, Saskatchewan, because we've mm-hmm. got the, the louder voices and the more balls to do things, I guess, is, is kind of that. So we got to put somebody in there to call that, to, to slow them down, slow their momentum down. And now we're going to do it on a federal level. And we're going to push PP in there. Now, PP's in there and he's looking like Trump on the stage now. You notice that? Mm-hmm. If you've noticed <laughs> a little that, bit, he's, little he's bit. doing the old Trump walk and he's doing the dance and he's telling you everything you want to hear. But when PP gets in, which he will, and I'll give him the, my vote. So. As, absolutely. Yeah. He's going to get in. But what's going to happen now is we have the ability now to hold these people accountable. You said this, it's our turn to hold them accountable. But Mr. PP, what people don't understand is once he gets in, he's got to correct eight years of liberal destruction it takes you at least three years to even get that stuff changed amended and brought up to the table to be voted and passed on in the house again by that time canadians are going to be like no 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 you're not doing what you said you're going to do and you're going to be protesting him now but it was all by design he's going to come in to call the population to slow them down, to say they've got it and they're not going to do anything because just by the system and the way it's designed, he's not even going to be able to table any of those amendments until at least three years into his into his into his uh, 
is riding into his his term term and, and then by the time that happens we're already at another election so at that point of the election after four years everybody's going to be like i'm pissed off i'm pissed off uh i don't like what he did and i can't keep voting for him well and then you get another change of the guard and you just slow down their moves again do you think he would have responded differently to the convoy? Well, first of all, I don't know if there would have been a need for the convoy because I don't know if he would have done the mandates or not. But let's presume that the convoy did happen during his term. Do you think he would have responded differently? Absolutely. I think he would have been there. He would have. Because he we when we did the oil and gas one back in 2019, he was one of the first ones out. Um, and I think if we would have been able to show that, um, you know, we he had our backs then, they we would have been able to establish more of a stronger foothold on our politicians at that point back in 2019 that they mm -hmm. wouldn't have been able to dance around it. They would have had to oust it, but we lost that foothold because they played the race card on it. Oh, a bunch of redneck oil and gas guys are in Ottawa with transport trucks again, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, but this time you see the, the spectrum of the political atmosphere now has changed to inclusivity, uh, rainbow brights, you know, the, the alphabet soup brigade and, uh, and they've got a big, big stranglehold on a lot of things. If you don't promote that agenda, you lose a lot of your outside foreign investing, um, because they've all bought into it. And it's, it's a sick system that has been designed to not be in your favor. Um, see, the one thing we have lucky right now is Pierre Polyev doesn't have kids. So what would have happened is if he would have not bought into the narrative and had children, they would have threatened his life. So we kind of okay. have that in our, our playbook right now that we're, he can still say no, but had he, he wants to have children. He said it, but I know he doesn't because he knows what these elites will do. They will kill his kids or they will do something to harm his children. And uh, he knows. He knows where he's at. He's been a politician his whole life. He's not mm -hmm. immune to any of this. And the sick stuff that... I watched a good one the other day, and as a guy said, how do you control and bribe a politician? And the guy said, I don't know, offer him money. He says, no, 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 no. What you do is you have an up-and-coming politician coming in, and what you're going to do... Sorry, I got a fruit fly in my house. Keeps flying in my ace. Ceases. Ceases. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, it's a ceaseless fly. <laughs> Every once in a while I have a fly that'll hit my nose. I'm like, I know you guys are there. <laughs> yeah. So what what they'll do is they'll put you in a room and there'll be some big name people there with lots of money to campaign for you for campaign contribution. Oh, Pierre has two kids? Yeah, that's what I'm finding out here too. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know he had kids. I'm confirming oh, that right now. Look at that. I'm I am wrong. Okay. Well, that's probably why he's going to toe the line even more then. Maybe that's why I said it wrong. He's going to toe the line a little more for what their agenda is because he has kids. Okay, yeah, yeah he, he does have two. Children. Okay, so yeah. that's that's one of the things. But what I was do, worried for a bit there that he wasn't a parent because I thought, oof, that's going to be dangerous. But maybe right. he's not a good one. We don't know. Okay, so we've established that he's got children, so he's probably going to be a little bit more scared to go against the party line because he has children. Okay. But what they do is they'll get you into a room, and, and I and I apologize. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Look at that. Hey, we do this here. We correct it on the fly. <laughs> and thanks for and not like lambasting you said, me. And like you said earlier, the, you holding me to the gallows. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Don't take me to the gallows. <clears throat> keep me. Keep me here. 
Um, no. But what they do is they'll find you and they'll say, okay, this is an upcoming politician or, or political person that he's going to come. Uh, we'll put you in a room with a bunch of lobbyists with lots of deep pockets and uh, we'll get your campaign. And what they do, and ladies and gentlemen, if you have children in the room, please, please cover their ears. But what they'll do is they'll come in and they'll bring a young child into the room. They'll tell that child to drop their clothing. The child will take their clothes off instantaneously because they've been groomed for this. That politician's going to go, holy Jesus, get me out of here, man. I'm out. No way. Whoa. And they're going to stop him and go, ah, 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 ah. That two-way mirror has already got pictures of you standing in a room with a naked child. Now you're going to do what we tell you to do. So you want to be a politician? Here's the pictures. That's what they're going to do. And I watched that one the other day and I was absolutely, my jaw hit the floor and it was like that quick, that quick that you can have your whole life blackmailed. And that's how they do it. That's how these guys do it. They'll put you in in a provocative situation where you don't probably have any clue that that's going on. And then all of a sudden they're going to go, ah, remember this moment? Here's a picture. We got it. That's what Epstein did. Epstein yeah, blackmailed that everything. That's what yeah. he did. He'd take you to the island. He'd have his little kids hiding down in the dungeons. And then he would bring them up while these people thought they were on the island, uh, having a nice little vacay with a rich guy. And there'd be naked kids running around and you'd be getting caught in the picture of it. So that's what Epstein did. Epstein was the king of blackmail. That was his goal. Him and Ghislaine. How come none of these politicians have been named yet? How come none of these people's names have come to light yet? You know, we can talk about aliens landing, but we can't even name a politician that was on Epstein Island. Hmm. These, these this one runs deep. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> now, here in Canada, we have our own problems as well along those lines. I talked to Randy Hilliard, and he absolutely highlighted a lot of things like that, exactly like that. Um, special interests were in charge. Leaders are selected, not elected. And there's definitely a youth group, which is not what you would want uh, in politics, but it definitely exists in politics. So he highlighted all of those things as well. Um, and that was on the Ontario level, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's federal as well. Now, look, I tried to uh, connect with my CPC uh, MP, uh, Gerald Sikora, uh, when I decided to get into politics because of what he did, what Trudeau did to uh, my fellow Canadians in Ottawa. Uh, I reached out and he did tell me that there was no way to onboard somebody of my age and my experience. And it was pretty clear that if I came through university or high school in a political career, that would be one way to get in. Or if they identified me as somebody they wanted, that's another way to get in. But there isn't a way to get in because you just want to help the province or the, I mean, the party or the country. They just simply don't have a way to onboard you. And this is what he explained to me. He, he used the words, I simply don't know how to get you in. Because uh, I had the skills that he liked and I had the demeanor that he liked, but there was no onboarding process. George that, Carlin said it the best. It's a big club and you ain't part of it. Yeah. And also um, uh, Mark Twain also said a good one. I wouldn't want to be part of a club that would have me. Um, <laughs> that's another one that, that I remember all the time too. Cause look, I'm just getting started. So if they, they propelled me up that chain that I would even have questions about why they're doing it. Uh, well, I've, I've, I've said it, a, lot, a lot of people said, Pat, why don't you run for politics? <laughs> you think they let me in? Not a freaking no. chance, man. But you know what? An independent Alberta away from the federal government. Maybe, maybe, 
Yeah, well, I am running as an independent candidate, as an MP. I've taken on Gerald. Uh, well, I, I mean, I mean, in independent Alberta. Sure, underneath the like, you mean sovereign? Yes. Or do you mean completely? Every nation, every province is its own individual nation, uh, divided apart from the federal government. Federal government's mm. just a leech on each province. That's all they are. If you want to get into the the layman terms on this, it's it's they're leeches. The federal government leeches us off of each province's uh, gross domestic product and takes a tariff off of them. Why is every well, place? The biggest... like... What's that? I was saying they're the biggest bullies around. They're taking our lunch money every day. Right. So what if we cut? We have the ability. Each province has the ability to be independent of the federal government. What if we cut off the ties to the federal government? What if we cut them off the teeth? You know, we we said no more. Equalization payments are done. Uh, we're going to shut off uh, line A and B to the east. We're going to shut mm -hmm. off the other lines to the west. And you can come and buy our products. Uh, you need oil and gas? Come buy it from us. You know, and I believe that Alberta has the ability here to draw up its own constitution for the people, by the people, that we go march to the ledge grounds, show them that we have our own constitution, we want to be independently governed by ourselves, away from the federal government. And it is our duty to do that as Canadian citizens and show the rest of the country. Europe did it. Remember? Mm -hmm. Europe, all mm -hmm. their individual states, all their individual countries. It's the same thing. You are your own individual part of one giant European Union. You know? States do it. Each state governs itself. Why can't we here at Canada? Why can't we here in Alberta? What we need to do to keep Danielle Smith on her toes is push for this. And we mm -hmm. need Albertans to take the charge on this. Saskatchewan, uh, I don't even know, how do you say it? Saskatchewanians? Saskatchewan. Is that, is that how you say it? We're Albertans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's a good question, actually. Yeah, keep going. I'll look Sask it up. Saskatchewanians. Uh, I apologize. Bartonians. Any Saskatooners sure. out there? I apologize. But, uh, you know, they're doing it. They have the ability to do it. We all have the ability to do it. And it's time that we start to demand that from our politicians. Because this federal government is just taxation without representation. The numbers don't add up for the amount of electoral votes. The East rules the West. It should not be like that. And it's time. Sashwans? Is that it? Carrie it's Jeff horrible. Sashwanians or Sashwanites. Those are the two. Saskatchewanians, yes. Okay. Yeah, and Saskatchewanites. Those are the two. Yeah, Rita Rancourt says, wasn't Wexit trying to accomplish that independence? Absolutely we were. Correct. We were. We were trying to stir the pot because it was enough. That when Notley destroyed this province. Notley and Allison Renfrew, they destroyed it. They they did a number on our province. And uh, well, we're we're still feeling the the uh the hangover from them. It's sick. That's kind of my push uh as an independent. Like, why do we keep passing uh federal party members of any party uh in, from Alberta? Like we have we provide the conservative party with a whole bunch of seats, but yet they weren't there for us with the mandates. They weren't there for us for the convoy. They actually went completely silent on the farmer nitrogen issue. Uh, in fact, Pat, I was pushing my my MP on the nitrogen issue, and he didn't put a post up on Facebook or otherwise until the day after the request for comments closed 
at Agriculture Canada about this issue. So there was a window where we were supposed to, and a lot of us did, uh, pr uh, give the government our opinion on what was going on, but not a peep out of my MP until the day after that particular deadline came and gone. So I called him out on that because what are you doing? Like I was calling it out. I was pushing that uh, message because why do we have a 30% nitrogen reduction? What, what What's going on there? But they were doing nothing from it. Even the shadow agricultural ministers in Alberta, uh, and he was doing nothing about it. So why do we keep supporting these people who do not have our back when we need it? And they show up late to the party as if they were concerned all along. But he came the day after the deadline happened. Uh, so what's going on there? Should we replace them? And do we need stronger CPC or should we be sending some independence uh, over to Ottawa from Al Alberta? Well, on the political realm, I don't think we, I don't think we need to even fight with Ottawa. I think we need to take a stand each province individually. You're, you're never going to get in as a shadow minister or not. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a perfect example. Um, I went to meet with my member of parliament. Um, I wasn't allowed, he wasn't allowed to put our appointment on the books because if he would hmm. hurt my name and it was in their minutes that they met with this person, he would be kicked out of the party. Um, and, and he didn't want to meet with me, but he did, uh, uh, because he's good old Albertan boy understands what we've gone through. Um, but told me that his hands are tied. He can't even bring up my name or he'll be fired. Uh, I don't care what kind of Paul you're scared of. A, you're scared of one of your citizens because you'll lose your job. Well, that should speak volumes to who this mm -hmm. politician is. Next one is I've tried to establish communication with my MLA. Um, which is my provincial member of parliament. And she's avoided me like the plague, will not return my emails, will not return my phone calls. And and now I'm I'm questioning the UCP again more and more. Um, they don't have your best interests at heart. None of these mm. government politicians do, and they need to be restructured. We need to restructure as citizens of Canada. It is a daunting task. It is an arduous task to do. It's going to be tough. Uh, I don't think we'll ever do it in my lifetime. But I don't think adding more politicians to federal government is going to work. That is a well-established uh, Bronfman run. And, and look up the family name Bronfman and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, elite uh, group and organization run. Canada is the money laundering capital of the world. Uh, oh, wow. Look into it. <laughs> um, but the Bronfman family have been pulling the strings on every politician out there, um, going as far back as I can remember. And uh, they're the ones who actually pull the strings and, and tell them what they're going to do. Um, here in Alberta, we are slowly gaining control. But at the same time, we do know if recognize the little little child case and the little child. Are you familiar with that, Jason? No, go on, please. Okay, so the little child case was held in Wetasco in Alberta. And what it is, is a member of parliament was running on a platform uh, for lobbying uh, for votes or whatever and mm -hmm. had, um, had their community's interests uh, in mind. So the community elected him as their member of parliament because he was going to do what they wanted him to do. And then once he signed onto the member, uh, onto the, the conservative party line, he didn't follow through with his uh, campaigning um, promises. 
So the town of Wetaskiwin decided to take him to court. They wanted to take him to task and say, you didn't follow through on any of your campaign promises. And it was deemed by the crown that uh, he can campaign on anything he wants, which you're seeing Pierre Polyev do right now. Uh, he can campaign on anything he wants, say whatever he wants, do whatever he wants to get the votes. But once he gets elected, he doesn't have to follow through because he signed on to the conservative party line. So you found out that politicians can lie on their campaign promises. Mm-hmm. So we're, uh, how was I going to go with that? No. Um, the uh, Wisconsin child or the young child or something like that? Uh, no, it was the little child was the member of parliament's name. Um, okay. Oh, sorry. Um, but what it was is, um, oh, crap. We got so many thoughts in my head. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it totally happens. That was the UCP um, party turning on us. Oh, yeah, so, so so that's that's what I mean. These members of parliament can tell you whatever they want while they're campaigning, and then they have to tow what their party's respectable platform is. So we're seeing even our members of parliament who are good old Alberta people that they are not towing, they are not for the people. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you a little brief background. I have a bank account with Alberta Treasury Branch. Alberta, mm-hmm. Alberta Treasury Branch is an Alberta-owned banking establishment invested by Albertans run by Albertans for Albertans. It's not part of the bank of Canada. So why did the UCP government allow the federal government to lock down an Alberta owned Alberta maintained bank account on one of their citizens? How did you let that happen? So when I requested meetings with these members of parliament, that's where I was going. When I requested the meetings, nah, I got myself back. Woo. Great. <laughs> When we requested these meetings, we realized that these members of parliament, these members of provincial parliament and the federal don't care about you. They don't give a shit about you. They'll avoid you when they get to the tough questions. This one that I have for her is a tough question. It is a number one question. And if I get vocal on it in the province of Alberta, it is going to expose a 100% huge can of worms. It'll open up Pandora's box in Alberta. And I will probably be unalived. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not suicidal, nor have I ever been suicidal. But if I go missing or I disappear and they say it was suicide, it's because I opened this can of worms up. So what you're seeing is politicians are in their own little entity group. They don't care about you when you poke that through that little group and say, you know, hey, bank account's frozen. Whoa, they'll pull back in and they don't want nothing to do with you. They don't want to talk to you. But I have something in store where I am exercising my right as a citizen to, if you're going to avoid me on emails, phone calls, there's been over 18 emails and phone calls. I've spoke with her assistant. Her assistant has passed on the message. They refuse to get back to me. So lo and behold, how do you get their attention? How do you get their attention? Well, you find out where they're going to be next and you go there. So that's the next course of action. Going to hold them to account. Going to stand up in front of them. And I'm going to ask the questions in front of a public forum because you refuse to answer them in a private forum. So now it's time I ask on a public level. And it's wrong. So if you have an Alberta Treasury Branch bank account in Alberta, I'd highly recommend you getting out of it and going to a credit union. Uh, I really think that the Alberta Treasury Bank of Canada or uh, of, of Alberta has only Canadian interests at heart, not Albertans. It has the government interests at heart. It don't care. And whoever they're paying off, 
They're paying them off. This 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 lawsuit hasn't. Oh, I gotta wait. This for fundraising purposes, ladies. I was and about to ask you to do it. If you can, money to my lawyer at natasha.calvino at gmail.com. Yeah. Don't forget the car show on August 26th and check out www.brokenarrowbullsandbash.com. So, and I will be there August 26th. So come and meet us, possibly Betty Carbert and others. Come say hi. 100%. Yeah. I heard that the Coots family was going to come up, actually. They were being asked to come on up. I can't wait to meet them. Probably going to ball my eyes out for them because I know what they're going through. Well, Betty's well, I don't amazing. She won't let you ball it. Yeah, Betty's amazing. She Betty won't make you ball. She's an amazing person. You'll see how strong she is, and you'll see where Chris gets it from. She's an amazing awesome. woman. Awesome. Well, yeah, but I, as I was saying, um, it's time that we exercise that right to hold these guys accountable. And if you got to mm-hmm. make them look stupid, make them look stupid. Get the get the public's eyes on them. Get the public asking questions because now what I'll do is I'll end up poking the bear. They'll end up probably telling me to leave and. Uh, and uh, the the citizens that'll be in there at these events with them, the citizens will be like, well, wait a minute. Well, I have an Alberta Treasury branch. You mean you're going to let the, the federal government lock down my bank account too on an uncertified uh, illicit uh, complaint lawsuit? Like this is nuts. So it will start to invoke questioning against the UCP. Now, mm-hmm. I was with everybody else. I promoted the UCP. I thought she was pitching a good pitch, but I know we've been through this already. And I knew what Jason Kenny did. He came in with the Trump, Trump, Trump rally. Uh, and I just told people, watch, just watch. And now, now that we finally got a, a portion of society that is actually intelligible enough to watch and maintain a good eye on these, on these politicians, it's starting to be like so transparent now of what they're doing. And people are, uh, it, it's amazing me how people are like, hey, hey, and they're writing and they're emailing, and they're going to events, and they're questioning, and that's exactly what we need. That is what democracy was built on, was the difference of opinions coming to the the generalization that this is for the better interest of the majority and not for just my my own interest, and that's what we need to do. And Alberta has the strongest leg in this. I really Mm -hmm. do believe if we lose Alberta, if we lose Alberta, this country's gone. So Albertans, it's time to tighten up the boots, put the cowboy hats on, tighten that belt buckle, and uh, and 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 hold your hold these members of parliament accountable. We have the voice here. We have the drive. We have the we have the we have the community. Oh, look at that! What's Yay! That? I got I got a drink. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you had a paper straw though, right? <laughs> I was thirsty. I didn't bring a water down because I found out that I had to be in here in seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Uh, my bad. I really should have been on top of that. It was a really long day for me. I drew, drove up from uh, Lethbridge just to get here on time for you. I wanted no to worries. make sure we were good. No yeah. worries. So I kind of like that idea. So what a lot of people say is go and run for the school board. Go run for your your municipal as well become a counselor do it regionally and and even do it provincially if you can because we need to replace some of these people with good common folk um what about you now you're not talking about federal or provincial but what about your school board have you thought about getting in there and running for that i don't know i don't know i have a very a very colorful past um mm-hmm. and and this stuff with the convoy and all that kind of stuff has probably brought a big 
you know, radar alert if I get in anywhere or do anything. But that might um, be a good thing because it might bring a lot of other parents out to come hear you speak, fill up that audience, have their voice as well. Like you might be a draw for the community to come and actually participate in these meetings instead of just ignoring them. But I'm only one voice, right? And, and that's and where we start, though. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's not the first time somebody's asked me. Um, yeah. I like because that's a, a low level one to get into where you can have a lot of impact. Because the school board, you can have a lot of impact. But I, I'm kind of, I, I'm a no filter guy, and I, I don't, I chew the, I don't chew the fat. I spit it out, and I, and I call it how I see it. I'm mm -hmm. not politically correct, and I swear like a trucker. So. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you see the curriculum they're putting in, which is sexualization. So I don't think a couple of swears is a really big deal when you're talking about fletching and fisting and all this other stuff that you're learning about. Say that again, sorry. I said it would make sense to get in there. The swears won't matter as much as the curriculum. So they're talking about fletching and fisting and teaching kids how to use drugs while having sex. Like they're glorifying drugs while having sex at the ages that they're talking about here. I think but, a couple of swear words and, and a canary in the coal mine is minor compared to actually what we need to stop. But on a council, on a school board council or something like that, you look at there's eight votes to your one. And mm -hmm. if they're all bought in, then I'm basically going to be beating my head against the wall. Sure, but it could be a couple-term process. So you get in there, you're just one, but you attract a whole bunch of other parents, hear you speak, they start to get elected in. Next round, you have two, you have three, you have four, and then eventually you have the majority. This is how they did it, right? They did it by bringing in one diversity, inclusion, equity person in, shaming the rest, making them all feel like they'll be canceled and stuff like that. You got a second one in, and now, boom, they, they bully the entire board into doing anything they want. And it's really just one or two people doing that, not the whole board. They're just afraid of being canceled, the, the phobes being thrown around, and that's exactly how they're doing it. If we got one or two people in each board, school board, talking rational, talking, bringing the book out, reading it, and then having to be shut down because it's inappropriate conversation, this is also where we can maybe start pushing back with just one or two people. I'm we'll watching the comments. There. I'm watching the comments, and like maybe, one of the things maybe? I think, uh, one of the things I think should happen on all school boards is you have to be a parent with an enrolled school to be in the board. That should be a rule. Like you should actually have some skin in the game, a child in the school board, uh, in order to be part of the school board. But my understanding is you're getting old Karens, and some of them aren't even <laughs> have children, and these are the ones that are in there trying to tell us what to do, and yeah. that's part of the problem. Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe maybe that is my my next path. Um, right now, I I, I want to put all of this behind me. What what we've done? Um, mm -hmm. It's not the first time. It's definitely not the last time I've heard of it. Um, I I just I don't want to become. I don't want to be categorized on that level because there are good politicians out there. Don't get me wrong, but they are all a product of the company they keep. So one corrupt politician, then you're labeled a corrupt politician with them. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're able to restructure this whole political entity, the whole political realm, we need electoral reform. And if it gets changed, then yes. But I will not get into the political entities that we have involved right now because everything, like Jason says, right down to municipality, is corrupted. And I mm -hmm. get it. 
I'm not no spring chicken anymore. I'm getting up there. I know a lot of you're not that old, Pat, but I'm only 46. I know. But anyway, at, the same same time, <laughs> at the same time, I don't have the next 30 years of my life to waste trying to fix something that's so obliterated and so corrupted. Uh, I'd rather dismantle the whole system right now and be part mm -hmm. of the new one that would change everything. If that makes any well, sense. That's an yeah, that's an interesting one. So would you be for alternate schools, parallel schools, learning pods, that kind of thing? Like taking them I'd out be, of the public I'd system? Be anything that has the children's best interests at heart. I'd be anything, I'd be involved in anything that is going to make my neighbors happy. It's going to make my community prosperous. It's going to bring uh, positive energy, positive vibrations, positive light to our community. I would be, Absolutely. But in the cool. system that we have right now, the way it's designed, the way it's not a when they say we say we're playing in their sandbox, it's not. It's quicksand, and mm -hmm. it takes forever for things to get done. It takes uh, a millennium for people to to get these things to the table, and that's designed that way. It's designed to lose interest. Yeah, and I do think we can even encourage people. So maybe not necessarily you, but you can keep encouraging people to go and run for the board and get in there and make change. Cause that's exactly how they got in there. They only put a few people in each municipality, each region, and then they pushed that agenda, the CRT agenda and it worked and it worked. Uh, we got to counter that though, because our schools are not where the children need to be anymore. And that's so sad to see. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to, <laughs> and I might catch some flack for this, but, to be honest, oh, let's not be honest, okay? Let's let's hypothetically speaking, CSIS, this is hypothetical. It all burnt down today, tomorrow. Everything burnt down, hypothetically, allegedly. Well, they're working on it with all these fires, so it may not be burn hypothetical. It down to Look the at ground and, we'll, and we'll pick out and start it all up and, and let it burn. And then mm -hmm. we'll pick up the pieces and we'll fix it kind of a thought i don't know kind of a thought yeah the phoenix will rise out of the ashes something new it's kind of right. what forests do they renew themselves after a fire they come back stronger and better uh what's I hear the you. best way how's the best way to to sell something to somebody you have to make it look like it was their idea what's the best way to expose somebody is make mm -hmm. them mess up so that they expose themselves so that's where we're at right now we we're letting them expose themselves we're calling them out on their bullshit we're getting it out to the people in public, and then the dismantling of the structure will happen. It'll implode on them. Pardon me, on themselves, and 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 then once that is, then we can come in and pick up the pieces. Um, and that that's where we're at. Uh, I I really don't see, I don't see a political position for me. I hate politics. I hate mm -hmm. them. I hate everybody equally when it comes to politicians. Um, well, at least you're diverse on that. You love, you hate them all equally. I'm, no, I'm very, no um, I'm very apolitical. I, I love being a political watchdog. And my thing would be, my biggest thing would be, I would love to be the head of an ethics and accountability board that has a team in every province that that team has two people that monitors and, and tracks every politician. There's two people per politician. I kind of thought of this years ago. But okay. we have an accountability and an ethics board that is responsible for a particular politician. Each each province has this. So say we have a hundred and a uh, hundred. Let's just use a number: one hundred and fifty um, um, 
members of parliament in your province. You have 300 people on that ethics and accountability board. Those 300 people, they're divvied up to two people per politician. And you police them. And as soon as they're caught in a scandal or a bribery or anything that smells fishy, they are suspended without pay upon an investigation. And if the investigation comes through, and it's like that. It's not, oh, well, we'll wait and do an investigation and see if we find anything first, but you'll keep your pay. No, Mm -hmm. it's immediate. And that will keep politicians on the line. Not only that, I think a politician should be a volunteer position. You shouldn't be getting paid this grotesque amount of money to work Monday to Thursday with Fridays off and all summers off and a golden package retirement. You should be on a volunteer basis. And if you don't want to volunteer, you can quit at any time. There's an opportunity. I, just I think, think that last one will be tough because it, it, you're would, be, own... it would be a tough one. Um, just thoughts that we've had uh, groups yeah. that I've had, but I think the accountability and ethics board is an attainable goal. And I think if we had that as an outsourced uh, group in every province that policed every politician and we had merit for what we were doing, I think you'd start to see more politicians be more cautious of the backdoor dealings that they get involved with. Right. And that's where I think I might make a suggestion there instead of having volunteer positions. Uh, there's no such thing as private finances if you're a politician. So you should be wide open. That's right. On both sides, personal and professional. Your bank well, that's what I mean. There's no such thing open. as private anymore. Yeah. So yep. if you decide to become a politician, there is no such thing as privacy when it comes to your finances. That's just a de facto rule. Uh, and that should be one of the barriers that you have to cross if you decide to make that decision. Yep. If you don't want your finances opened up, you're in the wrong business. Yeah, um, look at what about, for sure. And I would do it too. And I think anybody from school board up should be open to that. Um, what about recall rules for all elected positions? We have some recall of that in BC. Rules. Yeah, yeah. So you can recall anybody. In BC, they have that. Uh, it's a hard thing to do. You got to get so many people to sign on for it and then have a bit of an election. But you can recall any elected official in BC. What about doing that coast to coast and on all elected positions, school board all the way to the PMO? So yeah. the constituents, the voters can do a recall. It's tough, but it's meant to be tough. But if you reach that bar, they're gone. They're out. You don't have to wait for an election. Um, what, about, what about that, making that mandatory? I think that would be one. I would definitely be a, a good asset to have in your in your pocket for sure. That'd be uh, one definite good suggestion. My thing is, yeah. is I feel that uh, the time of these politicians thinking that they can, you know, get away with it, what they want. I think if the if we start policing our our, our politicians, just just mm-hmm. that alone will put everybody on the on on pins and needles. Going, oh shit! I better Correct. not fart in the wrong direction here. You know, because and that's get. what you want. That's yeah. what you want. Because right yeah. now they have the attitude of, well, hit me up at the election. That's the only time I'm going to hear from you, and that's the only time I care. Until then, don't even bother me. Uh, that's basically the attitude. Like Trudeau himself came out and said, "If you don't like what I'm doing, wait till the next election." Doug Ford <laughs> said the same thing. Hey, if you don't like what we're doing here, you can let us know at the election, which is basically saying, "Take a hike, except for one day every four years." Uh, yeah. Do we care? So that should be gone. And having recall will keep them on their toes the entire time. 
because at any point we can say, no, 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 we're not happy with you anymore, Mr. Leader, and we'd like to get rid of you. Enough of us said yes to that, and then we had a recall vote, and you're out. As simple as that. We have to have yeah. a bylaw election and, and replace you. I think that should be on the table 100%. I um, think my, my thing would be, um, um, what was it? Oh, crap. Uh, the Clarity Act. They need to scrub the Clarity Act. Uh, the Clarity Act states that if your province has a referendum and the citizens vote, then the federal government has the ability to pick the voter turnout. So they can say, we want 90% voter turnout on this referendum or you don't get oh. it. Right? I think if yeah. you have enough people in your province and, and, it, and it's enough people to make a voice, I think that should be addressed and I think those people should have a say. But when it comes to the Clarity Act, the government can dictate how many people have to turn out for the votes or else the whole thing's scrubbed. Do you know when the last referendum was in Alberta? Here's a here's a trivia question for people in Alberta. Do you know this, Jason, when our last referendum was? And you're not talking about whether or not we wanted the equity payments and stuff, which was just nope. a vote. No. Nope. Okay, what was the last referendum? The last referendum for Alberta was in 1977. Do you know what it was? It was for changing daylight savings time. Was it now? Okay. That's the only referendum Alberta has ever had. Why have we never pushed for another referendum? Oh, daylight savings time? That was the most important concern that we as Albertans have? Oh, my God. Look it up. Google it. I'm dead serious. I I couldn't believe it. I believe you. I I would like to see us. I was just like, I'd like to see us. Yeah, I'd like to see us push for an Alberta police force. So why not get pushing for a referendum on whether or not we want that? And I think it's our job as Albertans, and sorry to the rest of the country that's watching, we're kind of focusing on the Alberta goal here right now, but Miss mm-hmm. Miss uh, Daniel Smith said we wanted to restructure the RCMPO here. Alberta, yeah, she's, Alberta, put her on her toes. She hasn't even She just said, that. yeah, a week ago she pulled that off the table. Yeah. That is what we wanted. That is her campaigning platform, and we wanted that, and now she pulls it out from underneath you? Little, I'm pissed about that one. Again, yeah, I'm pissed about that one. Child. And I'm, I'm also pissed about Alberta Health Services limiting services based on back status. So, Shelly, yeah. we have had people here that had been denied transplants. That should not happen. Full stop. Um there's a few issues. So the police force, the health services, and um, schools. Why don't Alberta push harder on that? Why don't we push harder on that? First, you can't get part of rallies and protests and anything like that, right? That's one of no. your conditions right now. No, I'm not so allowed you to can't be at any rallies or anything yet. Yeah, but you can be at your fundraisers but I as can, long as they're not rallies. But I could be at fundraising events for fun fundraising purposes only. <laughs> for who again? Who are we fundraising for? Fundraising for myself, ladies and gentlemen, if you can donate to natasha.calvino at gmail.com. She is writing receipts out for each and every one of you. Password is Ottawa. If you're sending any any donations, it would be greatly appreciated. $5 helps. If you can't share, the, if you can't donate, that's fine. Please share these out. Please get yeah. these messages out. Share these live feeds. Share my posters. Share my events if you can. We also have August 26th up in Leduc, Alberta. We have the Show and Shine. Great family fun event. Starts at 10 a.m., goes till 7 p.m. And then uh, September 15th, 16th, and 17th, we have the first annual Broken Arrow Bulls and Bash. And you can get tickets at that at www.brokenarrowbullsandbash.com. And don't forget, you can pay it forward and buy a ticket anyways. Even if you're not going to show up, you can buy a ticket for someone else. 
hundred percent. Awesome, buddy. Do you have any more comments? No, that was good. Uh, Yeah. You really poked the brain. It's, it's nice to wake that back up again because for over a year, I haven't been able to talk to anybody. I haven't been able Mm. to, to express my opinions to anybody. And I've been secluded and and basically called. So it's nice to get back into the realm again and be able to say my piece Bring that awareness out to people and just understand, ladies and gentlemen, we're just talking. There's nothing wrong with talking about it. But guess what? I'm not allowed to talk unless this is for fundraising purposes only. And if you can donate, you want to see the the hypocrisy in that? Thanks, Jay. Thanks, buddy. I'm looking forward to dunking you on the 26th. I'm definitely going to be in that water. (laughs) Get Get that pitching arm up there. Yep. Yeah, that's all I'm going to do for the next couple of weeks is get ready to hit that bullseye on you, buddy. Awesome. I'm put you in there. Well, thank you, Pat. This was a fun, energetic, and exciting. And I really enjoyed the conversation with you, too. You stimulated my brain as well. I'm definitely thinking about ways to get more involved and help this province out than I was before. And I definitely think we should have a referendum and do some push around at least the Alberta Provincial Police. Because uh, that issue was promised to us and they got pulled away. And we should be pissed off about that one. Because uh, we've seen enough gang examples. We have in Canada is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. There's a reason why they're called yeah. the Queen's Cowboys, is because they only follow the letter of the Queen. They don't give a shit about you. Yeah, and, and we've seen and enough research, with the coot stuff. Research how much lawsuits against the RCMP right now. There's 2,600 lawsuits against the RCMP internally from their own officers. Wow. Look it up. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm 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 going to get on that one. I'm I'm pissed about that one. There's some reform around the justice system here in Alberta that was exposed by the Coots situation, the Coots men, Ooh. and and we definitely should stop being so passive in Alberta. We can let the rest of Canada know how you can stand up to your own province as well. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that million person march that will be in Calgary and Edmonton, it's all over across Canada. You won't be there, but you will be at some fundraising events uh, throughout the summer. So we're going to yeah, stay in contact there, Pat, and we'll definitely have you on again. For sure. I look forward to it. Thanks, brother. You're awesome. Thank you so much, man. See you later. Peace.